The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Namaste. Welcome to the Conscious Combo podcast. I am your host and teacher, Pippa Leslie. I'm here to share everything I learn, see, and channel. This podcast is for the conscious and curious beings who are ready to dive deeper into spirituality. I am so grateful you are here. Hi guys, welcome back. I'm so happy that you're here again for this next episode. So I am joined by Imbal Honigman and before I introduce her and let her speak, I just want to give a shout out to the Crystal Point, which is the spiritual shop in Hamilton here where I now live. Uh, me and Michelle have built built up a really amazing friendship and we're working together and she's sponsoring the podcast. We're actually releasing a podcast episode every month for her and her shop. But if you are in the Waikato area in Hamilton, wherever you are around here, please go and check her out. She's got everything you need, all the crystals, all the oracle cards, loads of spiritual stuff in there and uh, reach out to her. I'll put her link in the show notes. Now, as you all know, I've been doing this podcast for two and a half years and I've rebranded it twice and I don't know why I'm saying this but obviously I'm saying it for a reason and I just feel like I go with the flow like I've wanted to rebrand it because I'm moving into something else I'm 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 evolving and I'm changing and things that I want to talk about changes now it used to be beauty is found within because you all know I'm a Disney fanatic then it moved to mother earth rising because I was very much connecting to nature at the time now it's the conscious combo. So if you are listening, I would recommend going back to like the first season from episode one and just seeing how different I sound and how much I've changed in those two and a half years. Even when I do it, I'm like, oh my God, like my audio and I was nervous and like not as confident. But I think I'm saying this because Inbal has give me a lot of confidence as well, like especially from having readings with Inbal and she's so, so knowledgeable and amazing. So hi, Inbal. Hi, Pip. I'm so excited to be on this with you from the other side of the world. I know it's crazy. I've just been, it's been a crazy, crazy wild journey the last year. And I know you you were on it with me, you know, you know, I was separated from Chris and you were so helpful. You gave me loads of details to contact people and it all worked, you know, it all worked. And just, just as a little um kind of message on the sideline, if anyone's listening that knows a journalist in New Zealand that can help me with getting my story out and my message please reach out to me on Instagram or on Facebook just because I'm kind of putting out messages wherever I can I'm calling it in and Imbal knows this because I do want to get my story out there and I'm full of knowledge and I think if I don't get this knowledge out it's just going to stay within me and that's not what it's for is it so I know you're full of knowledge Imbal and I can't wait to hear more about your story so you know, you, you do a lot of psychic readings and you are a psychic and you do or you do tarot, don't you, as well, which yeah. I've, I never really fully got into tarot because I didn't understand all the cards. I've got a tarot deck and I love them. And they're so, what I like about tarot compared to oracle, tarot are quite direct. Yeah. Or, oracle are a bit more like, ooh, it could be this. Even though they're great and they're lovely for messages, tarot's like gives you the, gives you the, the direct. It gives you this the is skinny. Yeah, absolutely. The tarot doesn't give you any barricades to hide behind. It tells you exactly what's going on. Now, I, I'm 
incredibly passionate about the tarot because I'm a very direct person myself and I do a lot of readings by email which um, sounds really commonplace to anyone under 40 watching but um, 22, 23 years ago when I just started doing readings by email it was rare, it didn't happen and as, as elderly would go through the entire transition of putting our voice into the into the email format that had no tonality and that you couldn't really sort of smile while you're doing it you just had to write down the words and the tarot really translates itself very well to that because the tarot is the same it has no expression it is like this is happening you're going to get this phone call at that time, whereas Oracle cards do have like the full rainbow of um, emotion and relatability. And I work with Oracle cards very little because as a psychic, I'm a very results driven person. Uh, I've always charged by the hour. And I like to know that you can stand up and walk away from a half hour reading, or if you're on a budget, 20 minute reading, getting exactly what you need to be getting and with a plan of action that will move you forward. However, and I think this is an important distinction to make, it really is what it is in the hands of the psychic. Because if you've got the tarot in the hands of a fearful psychic, who might give you a kind of message and not fully commit to it, then that's what you're getting. Yeah. I've known psychics that would work only with Oracle cards because they love the artwork and they would give you absolutely between the eyes and, and you'd still get it. And I actually used to have that. Now we've got the tarot, very direct. We've got oracle cards, uh, much softer. And then we have comedy cards. What are comedy cards? You might ask yourself. Um, a long time ago, about 20 years ago, I used to have like a little comedy psychic troupe with a friend and an ex. And we used to uh, mark ourselves as comedy clairvoyants. At the time, and, um, and at that place, it wasn't really as big of a hit as we thought it would be. We thought it would be hilarious, that people would love it. It turns out people were kind of confused. They were like, are they clairvoyants? Are they comedians? But what I used then as a prop, I took the death card, and I took the death card from an old like Swiss deck where it's really sort of a skeleton with the side where you know no no punches are pulled and I photocopied it and laminated it 13 times so I had a deck with 13 death cards and that was my comedy deck and I would take it on um, on our little comedy clairvoyant Johns and would give readings with it and they were still absolutely valid readings because when you're reading it see because you're saying oh you know I, I couldn't really remember all the cards you don't need to if you look at the artwork and if you look at the way that each card relates to the card next to it you can ascertain 
so many connections. You'll get words spoken to because I know that you, the same as me, you'll just hear the words and, you know, and it'll be obvious to you what the message is. Um, so even with my comedy deck, that was a ridiculous idea and an even more ridiculous execution, that was still enough of a tool to give a full reading. And when you take it even further, that's when you can give a reading from a crystal ball because there's nothing in the crystal ball. What are you giving a reading from? Well, your psychic is seeing a whole bunch of stuff there. And that's how you can take that skill or that belief and uh, look at somebody's astrological chart and see stuff there that is like in proper astrology and then go, this is really interesting how this line goes across that line. I feel that means something totally new. And that will be right as well, because all the tools are just tools in the hand of the psychic. And so when you call me a psychic, a part of me kind of cringes because I think I'm not that good. It's only the cards that are really doing all the heavy lifting. But that is a lie. And that is my issue to work on because it is in the skill and the ability and I think more than anything in the passion for people and the passion for transformation and again I know that's something I share with you because you love transforming people as well I think for me oracle for me was just a bit of a guideline for doing readings and part of me would use the cards as a bit of confidence boost because I think if I was going to have a, an intuitive session with someone to just intuitively connect to that person and not have any cards to kind of direct you, for example, one of Kyle Gray's decks, the angel guide, you know, like a card would come out about transformation and that would lead me down like an inspirational message around transformation. So, you know, they do, they do give you a bit of guidance, but I think with tarot, tarot for me, like, I can stir at a tarot card. I mean, I actually haven't done my cards for a long time as I've got like 30 decks in the cupboards behind me here. Chris and I used to do them all the time. We were separated just to give us some, you know, inspiration and and love. But I used to like pull my tarot cards and I'd sit and just stir at the image. And then, like you said, in Bal, I'd, I'd have like words, feelings, emotions, uh, you know, that would come up for me. And I think that's, I think everyone should own a couple of decks because when you need some inspiration, you need some guidance. You know, like you said, the cards do the heavy lifting, but we're just messengers. And and for me, for, with transformation for me, I've always said to my clients, my hope for you is that you don't have to keep coming to see me. You know, I want you to go away and have the tools to do self-healing, to go and do your own readings, to trust your intuition. I said, I absolutely love that you come to see me, that you want readings with me. And I love helping people. But ultimately, you have all that within you. All yeah, of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that you um, saw it as inspiration because before the cards were used for fortune telling, they had a use for inspiration um, when the, the first deck of tarot was created uh, from uh, an Italian game called Tarocchi. Um, an ornate deck was created to commemorate the marriage of two 
um, Roman families, and those decks of tarot were used to inspire the court poets. So if they would write a poem for the lady of the court and then would get writer's block or would be stuck on what the next thing is that they could say, they would pull a card to help them out of that writer's block. And in fact, one of my old, old, old students, not old, old, she's younger than me, <laughs> one of my students from long, long, long ago is a poet, was a poet, and she wrote, called it Tarot Poetics. Oh, wow. And it's incredible. And each of the poems is based on um, on a card or on a collection of cards. This is a very long time ago when she had a day job. And since then, she's got about 20 something books out and is now like a full time author. But that little flyer is still such a such an honoring of the history of tarot and bringing it like into a modern era in the way that it was intended in the first place. Because in a lot of ways, not everybody's into prediction. Yeah. And I used to know psychics who would just not do prediction. And I was always kind of funny about it because I think, well, that's really the bulk of my job. I love predictions. I am an organized person for Pisces. I like to be prepared. I want to know when I'm getting pregnant, when my house will sell, I, you know, how he feels for me. I need to, you know, I've got a life to live. I need to get on with some facts. So I adore prediction, but it's not for everybody. And some people will come for readings really just for the inspiration to see what their options are. Um, I adore it when somebody says to me, can you just see what my gift is? Because that's so open-ended and it's so in tune with the universe do you know what I mean so so you're not plotting things you're letting life happen I envy those people <laughs> when I grow up I want to be those people well when you said about predictions it took me to that uh, book with Dolores uh, Cannon she not Nostradamus he made those predictions didn't he back in, in the day and tarot's been been around for what over a thousand years uh, a little under a little under a thousand years for tarot yeah. um almost 800 but different methods of prediction sorry because you said Nostradamus and I'm thinking I've got an option yeah. yeah I think I have a copy but like in Hebrew there we go he made lots of predictions didn't he yeah I have one one book in Hebrew <laughs> as as you can see it's still fairly untouched um but but it's here for when I need it and some um Nostradamus uh predictions come back into the press like a couple of times a year when um there was all sorts of news from the royal family uh there were Nostradamus predictions uh quoted in the British media and when the uh unrest started um in russia and ukraine there were uh predictions from nostradamus quoted in the media so i think even the most um skeptic part of society the press 
will still sort of give a time of day to anything that's, you know, established enough. Anything perhaps that is male enough. I wonder if Nostradamus was actually Nostradamus, mm. if she'd have got as much <laughs> as, as many column inches. Yeah, because that's what Dolores did. She was, I think she was channeling him or or she was downloading messages from him. And I, it just, obviously I've not read a lot of his work, but I do know that he did a lot of predictions and a lot of them have come true. Uh, I think it mentioned. I think it mentioned before the pandemic, he actually predicted COVID would happen and things like that. But I think that again is linked to astrology as well, and astrology has a big part to play, doesn't it? You know, with your star sign, your rising sign. Like, you know, I believe you were born at the exact right moment you were meant to be born. You know, you you chose uh, you people who are, who are premature. I mean, I was three weeks premature. You know, I should have been a, a Scorpio baby, but I wasn't. I was a Libra. I think I should have been Scorpio. I was 30th of September and I was three weeks early, so I still might have been Libra, actually. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I don't, three I'm... weeks early, you would have still um, been Libra, but your moon sign would have been very different. Yeah. Um, presumably, the ascendant would have been quite different and all of the different aspects within your chart would have been different. Um, now, what's really interesting in, um, in astrology is not just the time that, you were born but every day all the planets are doing um their thing they're doing lots of crazy things and so predictions for um upheaval and for world events can be fairly accurately pinpointed using astrology and 200 years ago only 200 years ago if you were a doctor if you were a physician you had to study astrology and you had to have good knowledge of astrology in order to diagnose someone. Because what we think of as the four elements, earth, air, fire, and water, was also applied to um, medical terms. They were called the four humors. I'm not even going to pretend I know all of them, uh, but it was the, I know that one of them was called phlegmatic because for some reason I find it a hilarious word, um, but there were people that were more fiery and would have more fiery um, medical complaints that was like around stomach and there were people that were watery and watery would be um, more emotional complaints, airy, um, and so on, earthy. Um, and so the concept of the four elements that remains in astrology to this day was applied um, certainly to medicine. It was it had been applied in art for, um, you know, literally thousands of years. So where we are now kind of regathering the spiritual world all around us in astrology, and in crystals, and in chanting, all of those things, we're kind of rescuing them from oblivion, because hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, they were part of everyday life yeah. in different ways. Um, and back in the court of Elizabeth I, obviously she had John Dee, who was her mystic and her astrologer to advise her um, about different things and when I first started being interested in astrology a friend of mine at the time said 
And I, I still don't know whether it's true or not, but she said that banks and uh, corporations and big organizations will usually have an astrologer on the payroll to help them um, to help them figure stuff out. And you know, in um, some workplaces, you still have to fill in uh, an application or a covering letter in handwriting. That's because those corporations will pay a graphologist to analyze your signature and to analyze your handwriting. So there is something that perhaps the, you know, the, the middle classes are not totally part of, but perhaps, you know, within the working class, we can say whatever you want, who's going to judge us? So, so we've got all that kind of frothing about. And, you know, um, I know when I, when I lived in Greece, uh, everyone in the village, if somebody was pregnant, would tear out a hair or put their wedding ring um, on a necklace and check whether it's a boy or a girl. So, you know, so within working class societies, it was always all right to deal with the mystical. But I'm thinking, well, perhaps the ruling classes also know a bunch of stuff that they're not telling the rest of us, because you can't really disconnect the mystical from everyday life. I mean, you could, but it would be very sad. It would. And I was thinking about talking to Neil Donna Walsh last week. I said it was like a dream to talk to him. And I'm just thinking in my head as you're talking about that, you know, all these people that want predictions and I'm talking about like people who want to go and, you know, contact their loved ones on, in spirit and go and, you know, go and contact a medium because they've just lost a loved one. We're talking about predictions and, you know, go into a psychic to get predictions. And for me, I think sometimes I'm like, can we just, can we let life be a surprise? Can we just let life yeah. be, be as it's meant to be? Like I'm, I'm, I love having readings. Like I love having predictions because I just, it just gets me excited and it keeps me going and it just gives me a lot of joy. But I think there's an element of, you know, do it from a place of that. Like do it from a place of joy, not a place of like, I need to know because I'm in anxiety and I, and I, you know, it's, I think exactly. like they say, don't be an emergency meditator, you know, don't go to rock bottom and have to sort your life out. You should still be. Yeah. So I get yeah, I, when things are going great for me, you know, I think it's true for literally anything in life. If you approach anything from place of fear, the universe will bring fear back to you. If you approach anything from place of joy, then joy will be reflected back to you. Um, now I've got, four living children, four sleeping children, touch wood. Um, but it was quite the journey mm. to have them. And I experienced a lot of miscarriages and a lot of um, false starts. And at that time, I was having lots of readings that supported me. And while the doctors were going, it's your age, you know, you can't expect to have a baby. Psychics around me were saying, we see you with, with lots of babies. Nil to the doctors, definitely one to the psychics. Um, so that really helped to lift me up. But I think that the whatever it is, the driving force behind psychic ability or behind readings, uh, if it's God to some people, the universe to some other people, I personally believe that the tarot has its own intelligence that is independent and, and works by itself. Sometimes 
I think it will frighten you on purpose in order to light a fire under your bottom. And I'll I'll use that as an example, not for a reading I gave, but for a reading I received. Because I think it's very different to observe the world as as a recipient to, you know, to as a working psychic. Um, And it was about this time last year, there were two things going on. Um, My youngest son didn't, um, didn't get accepted to the same school as my other children. And so was toddling by himself, four years old, toddling by himself to a different school, not understanding why he didn't go to the same school. And I fought it and fought it and fought it. Spoiler alert, I won, but it took a year. Um, so that was going on. That was devastating. It put me in a state of depression. And as you can imagine, when you're in a state of depression, and you're doing this well, uh, this work, your entire world sort of works on two different, um, two different levels. And also, um, I had had a job interview for like a one off job, but I really wanted it. Anyway, I was handling the school situation, I think, all right. But when that job came that I really wanted, I was like, no, this is too much. My brain can't handle it. And I went to a friend of mine um, who I trust a lot and asked for a reading. uh, But it was like a a blind reading. I didn't tell him what the question was about. Um, I just sort of asked for the answers. One question about the situation with L. Yeah, so that's all he knew. So that was the initial. And one question, just tell me about the situation with D. D was the company that I interviewed with. And about the situation with L, he said, you just have to get used to this is how it is. And that was the exact thing I needed to not hear because that made me sort of go fighting. And I was sitting there scribbling, thinking, how can I work this situation my advantage because what he told me I was not having and I think thanks to that reading that got me I don't want to make it sort of too boring and complicated but I ended up launching an investigation within the school in order to increment the school so that the school will demonstrate to their superiors they were doing nothing in their power to to make it um, easier for the child. So that reading created a chain of events for me where I was going for it like, like, you know, boo-boo the barbarian. I was (laughs) taking, I was saying no prisoners. That was one thing. So what he said ended up not being true, but only in the context that I wasn't accepting it to be true. And the situation with the production company. So I interviewed for a job that I thought I was just underqualified for. I can tell you now that it was um, for one of Jack Osborne's um, paranormal shows. Yeah. Um, where they just wanted somebody to come and inspect a space. I didn't even know it was Jack Osborne. I just knew it was a, a paranormal TV show. Uh, and I really wanted to do yeah. it. But. I don't think myself as uh, particularly gifted in that specific field. So I'd had the interview. I asked my friend to give me a little reading. um, How's going to go with that production company D? And, and again, he said, you haven't got it. And I thought, you know, I can live with that. 
So I sent a beautiful email to the person that interviewed me, just thanking them for not laughing me out of the room and saying, thank you so much for giving me a chance to try and impress you. I'm sure whoever you pick will be amazing. Please keep in touch. I feel so thrilled to have just got interviewed for it. And a day later, they replied, it's actually you that we want. And I'm thinking, was it the email that made it happen? And again, getting that no pushed me into taking action in a way that reversed it. So even though a reading has to be empowering, I think sometimes it's all right to leave it in the hands of the tarot. That if it tells you something that you're not that keen to know, it knows what it's doing. It yeah. knows what it's doing. Just like, you know, as a parent, I say to my kids, you know, all oh, your teeth will fall off tomorrow if you don't brush your teeth today. It's a lie, but it's a lie that's meant to instigate something. I think the tarot has the intelligence to sometimes play with you. A yeah. little bit like that to just most ways you get the best out of you. So it was a really complicated story, and I well, think it makes it's sense of... because it's it's pushing down the path to 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 help exactly. you move forward. So like you know, I try and take the path of least resistance, and I think that sometimes when we take when we have readings, we we do we want to try and control everything. I think when we have a when we have readings and we get a disappointing answer, say sometimes it. I always don't take that as final. Like you said, you know, you can come away from a read and then the person hasn't told you exactly what you wanted to hear, but it was what you were meant to hear and it does propel you in the right direction. So it, like you said, it's it's doing its job. It's not all meant to be like positive and happy. You know, it's meant to push yeah. you out for action taking. Yeah, and then, you know, and I think the opposite is also really the case that if you expect a reading to be uh, really glum, and it ends up giving you the most incredible message. It's such a high. Um, I I used to run face-to-face tarot courses. Remember the before times. And uh, I had lots of students in London. And, you know, I had a course of four people and a course of 14 people. And each one would have its own dynamic. And big or small, at the end of each course, the last half hour was dividing them to do readings for each other. And um, if they didn't divide correctly, I would take the best student <laughs> to do a reading for me. So if you're watching it and you got to do my reading on the final lesson, that's why. And if you didn't, you're probably second place. And um, this girl who later on became a very close friend um, in one of the courses, um, she was pulling the reading for me. And what she didn't know is that the person I used to run the courses with was my partner because by the time her course started, we'd already split up, but we were still running our courses together. And um, she said she was um, very neutral faced. And she said, hmm, I can see that there is somebody that loves you very much, but you're not together anymore. And he was listening and I was like, wow. And she says to me, you know, he watches over you in a way that was definitely creepy. And only 
after she finished saying that and and left and you know the reading was unbelievable it transpired that the previous night when me and him visited another friend in another city and I left early and I waited for the bus he also left unbeknownst to me he was a little further down the road and making sure that I'd got on the bus so he was watching over me in exactly the way that she described that she she didn't know I told her like years later she didn't know for years um but I was really expecting the reading to be very glum I'd just been through a breakup I thought it would be very very sad and that message in the way that she delivered it and this is somebody who'd only been reading tarot six weeks the way that she delivered it was so uplifting, so empowering and so accurate. We're not going to how accurate the tarot is and how insanely it'll specify people, places, um, job descriptions, companies, dates, um, care colour, food items. It's mind-blowing. Yeah, I'm actually drawn to um, pull out my deck and shuffle them. And I want to, see, I want to see what I feel because I've got this cat, this deck. Oh, it's wonderful! I, I love the lightseers because it's just the the artwork for me. I was like, because I was going to get the rider weight ones, um, and I just, I just like if anyone's seen them, like they're just absolutely like they're just beautiful, so sensitive. So I, this I've not held these for a while, so it's weird because I it's like I, I feel them and like oh. So if, if, if I shuffle them and whatever one comes out, I'm going to look at it and I'll see what I sense because I don't read tarot for people like I never have. I've always used Oracle. And I always felt like I needed to be um, trained in tarot to be a tarot reader. And it's like the same as Oracle. You just need to be able to look at the cards, trust the intuition as you're coming through. And like you yeah. said, the picture gives a lot. Oh, two fell out. Okay. I'm being tested twice. Okay. So let me just look at these. If any tarot tarot readers are listening and watching, it'd be interesting to get your take on it as well. Because like you said, we're all learning and we see through our perspective. That's that's key. We see through our own experience and perspective. So instantly with this card, I see moons, that's feminine energy, and I see the black and the white. So expand your thinking from black and white. You know, there's balance there as well. But then there's also the mystical of being under the ocean as well. So I think it's the duality of up and down, left and right, black and white, you know, all that duality we've created. And it's like, it's actually all one. If we didn't know fear, we wouldn't know love, that kind of message. And I love how there's like little sneaky infinity symbols on the, on the, uh, on the, on the, shoreline here so what would what would you say when you saw that in bell right so it's uh presumably the moon um and unfortunately i'm not a collector and even when i see a deck i really really love i just stop myself unless i absolutely have to have it because i don't want to become a collector do you know what i mean because that's a whole different thing to being a reader but the moon is the card of pisces and so reflecting things, what you're describing, black to white, femininity, masculinity, day and night, 
is very much the heart of the message of it but it's also super appropriate to our conversation because the moon card speaks of psychism Mm -hmm. of being able to tune in and that's why you know she's under the ocean it's silent but you can pick up everything and during time of the full moon this is where we have the word lunacy um where it comes from the moon um influences us as uh, women, people who menstruate, um, and we've got those um, jackals howling at the moon. So the moon is very central, and the moon transforms all the time. And that's another theme that we're talking about in this conversation, yeah. the theme of transformation. Yeah, I love it. So if I look at the second one that fell out, this one's probably a bit tougher for me, but when I when I see it, the uh, it's quite funny. This came out because this symbol is part of my podcast logo, oh. so it's quite interesting how the cards have brought this out. Now the symbols in the four corners, you I mean you'll see this differently because you're used to reading this, but I just feel like this card is everything. Like I feel like it's you are where you're meant to be. Everything's good. Everything you know, your consciousness is is there. It's just tapping into it, and it, it's it's the world. So this symbol in the circle, that's part of my podcast logo. So I think that's interesting how the towers brought that out as a sneaky little, little message. That is incredible, but it it's literally what the world means. It is everything. It is everything. It's the the ultimate. It's the end point. Of course, every end point is a new beginning point. Yeah. Um. And the the four symbols in the corners are the four elements. Yeah. Exactly. And I love how, like, happy she is. Look how, like, she's just so, like, happy and, yeah. So it's interesting how I just can't, I just, I'm so happy that Tarot brought out that symbol, that behind, if you can see it, guys, the symbol, it's like, what's it called, the symbol now? It's the, it's like the... Lotus. It's the grid, isn't it? It's like a grid, like a a mandala grid. And I I, I put that on the podcast because I just love the symbol. Everything interwines. And I think that's what life is about. Everything's intertwined and everything. You meet people at the right right time. You you read the right book at the right time. You start a job at the right time. You know, and I think that's what that. So I think, yeah, I could read. I could read Tower for people, I think. And even when you get the cards that have like more of a a darker uh, message, there's quite a lot of cards in that deck where she's in like a ball and there's like crows above her like and I feel like that's because you're in your head it's like everything's pecking at your head like you're you're too much in your head you're too much overthinking so it's like as I become knowledgeable and and, you know connect to my inner wisdom reading tarot is much easier because the the intuition and the messages come through so much quicker exactly because the tarot is a system in the one way but on the other hand, tarot is an antenna that allows you to channel your own inner knowledge. And if the tarot was only a system, then computerized tarot readings would be a thing. And they absolutely are not. You need the practitioner. You need the reader. You need the person with a life experience. And you'll find that as a healer yourself but you'll see that as a reader that people who come to you are people who are just about to embark on a similar journey mm. to one that you've already graduated from yeah. so um 
I come from a very um, big and big and complex family. So I kind of specialize in family feuds because a lot of people that come to me will come from, um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> my little cold is caught up with me, um, uh, will come from uh, perhaps um, mixed marriages when they're from one culture, the partner's from another culture. Obviously, I deal with a lot of people that go through an infertility journey that then becomes a fertility journey um and I've always dealt with complex love stories because my love stories have been complex um you'll see now for you that you've been through a huge you know a, a huge geographical move you will see that more and more people will come to you who want to find the strength to go through that geographical move and because of that that's why I've been so convinced that the tarot has its own intelligence, its own soul. <laughs> I don't have a better word for it. Its own soul, its own way of relating to the world and its own way of being. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that about geographic location. Like it's one thing I, I love helping people with because I was separated from Chris for so long, you know, 18 months apart and navigating that in itself through a pandemic. So I didn't have the luxury of freedom as much as I do now. So having a a long distance relationship which was out of our control the added pressure of he couldn't leave I couldn't leave you know and I think what we endured and what we overcame is like such a huge thing for us to teach and help people with because I was just chatting to a lady this morning about it and she wants to bring me on her podcast to talk about the separation and even going into the intimacy around separation physical separation when I love touchy-feely I love hugging I love kissing I love just being with my person and it's interesting because it again you think you don't say you don't forget but because it's happened now and we've just got married and things are great you know moving back into how that was as as a you know as, as Pip in that time I when I think back to two years ago when we were we were separated for 18 months like that's not exactly a short amount of time it's a long time and just to overcome that and what we learned as a couple through that I think there's so much that Chris and I can help people with you know in, yeah. in long distance relationships in relationships in general how do we keep a yeah. relationship alive for 18 months on the opposite side of the world where some people can't even keep their relationships alive where they live in the same house so it's that duality again of how we make it work and it's a it's a big topic for me yeah I love talking about yeah. it yeah yeah and also as a reader I find that you know sometimes the messages that I refuse to listen to from the universe will come to me through my clients so um if there is something that I refuse to accept I'll have a client that will have a similar problem to it and I'll think oh that's an interesting coincidence and then two more on the same day and <laughs> and then I'll be like okay guys I am now listening um because the universe will communicate stuff to you one way or another you know it doesn't matter how interested you are well yeah and I find that when you do readings for people there is that similar the, they're going through similar things I say to yeah. all my friends and and clients you know they're going through something right now whether it's like you know they're stuck in the career or you know the love life's gone a bit crap you know whatever it is and I say you're not the only person like you were literally like there's so many people going through what you're going through right now 
and it's it's the similar messages that come up for people and i think if people could realize that we're all actually going through this the same the same stuff <laughs> just in our own way and how you know especially how we've been brought up our dynamic our family life our friends like if i go through something difficult which I, you know, I've not had anything majorly difficult apart from missing family. I don't have family around me as apart from Chris and my two stepson. You're just so apart from your person for 18 months. How can you even say, do your ears hear you going, I haven't been through anything particularly difficult. Yeah, but I mean, like recently, like recently, recently, like that was a I big... As humans, we're very resilient and we kind of process our own pain. So I'm obviously laughing that you're saying, you know, I haven't been through anything difficult. And then I realized that 10 minutes before I was, you know, sharing about like multiple miscarriages, which at the time was horrendous. And now it's just part of the jigsaw that makes me me. Yeah, I say it's like the tapestry. It's all the little threads that make up the tapestry. And like I said, I think the separation from Chris was harder because it was so in the unknown. It was so, we just didn't know. And I actually, I actually got this message through a while ago. It was when we were still separated. You know, losing a loved one is easier for me. It was easier for me to lose my granddad in, in the sense of, not because it was like I was comparing them, but being separated from Chris, I lost my granddad in the August didn't have Chris to console me to comfort me to you know to love me and in, in, in a physical sense but I actually sat in contemplation weeks after my granddad had passed and I thought it losing someone is like it's closure it is it, nothing you can do about it it's a physical yeah. thing it's he's transformed into spirit where being away from Chris was a total different scenario it was totally different it was an unknown it was a when why how so it helped me to surrender it helped me to you know surrender was a huge thing for me being away from Chris not knowing when the borders were going to open not knowing when we'd see each other again if our relationship would make it it was so it just the anxiety I had every, most days of just waking up being like another day without him waking up to like he was 13 hours ahead sometimes 11 depending on the time of year and you know just reflecting on it I think that's what I need to do I need to reflect more on it I think because it's been such a whirlwind the last you know 10 months of moving here getting married family have visited is just I think now it's reflection like I've got a bit of the wedding blues as we mentioned and I think it's like I think my 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 soul wants to reflect on god how far you've come and give yourself that pat on the back you know yeah, and that's your moon card that you pulled for yourself. Yeah. Reflecting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've just actually noticed the time. Like, we honestly, when we talk, it goes like so quick. I remember when we had the reading, I was like, oh my God, the hour, it's just like gone so quick. Yeah. Want to share that's been coming up for you with our chat? Or do you think you have, do you think it's kind of like. I think there's there's never like an end point to any conversation we you know we could sit and talk until it is night time over there and <laughs> um morning time here and we still won't finish because the topic that we're looking into is infinite it is endless but if anyone um feels moved to 
have a conversation. I'm a very easy person to um, to find online. So um, just use, I'm sure uh, people will furnish you with the links if you spell my name correctly and watch out for imposters. You should be able to find me quite easily. I was um, going to say as well, yeah, people can find you on Instagram, Facebook, and definitely book a reading in with you. You've actually given me a lot of confidence to go and actually like use tarot when I'm doing a reading now because I used to just go, ooh, not going to use tarot. I'll just stick to my oracle decks. But tarot um, is definitely like said, it you, it does help you with your intuition more, you know, because it you- really helps. It's a wonderful tool. And the time that you spend kind of familiarizing yourself with a tarot, not learning it, but kind of assimilating with it is a time of great transformation uh, for you as a person. I feel that everything changed in my life in the few years that I was sitting and just doing readings for myself and doing readings. Everything changed. Your mindset changes, the way you view yourself, the way you view the world around you changes because the tarot shows you all the different aspects of everything and you see that the world is not flat it's a big multifaceted diamond um, that can work whatever way you want for it to work yeah I love that and I think you know leaving it with a message of people you know you have that intuition within you and you have the innate wisdom to give yourself readings to give others readings and you have all those gifts you know we all do it's just trusting those gifts yeah yeah, I believe that. I, I think that's really, really true. Yeah, I am going to leave it there because, again, I could keep talking to you for ages and ages, but I will definitely get you back on to talk about different topics. And yeah, so I will put your links to Instagram, to your Facebook and how to obviously book a reading in with you. And I think if anyone's listening on the podcast, please leave a five star review and share it with all your friends and your family. It would really help. And if you watch it on YouTube, please subscribe and like the video and share it with your friends and family. It just really helps to get my message out and to get this out, you know, to help other people. It's a big passion of mine. And I love bringing guests on as well and holding that space for you to talk about your gifts and what you have to bring to this earth as a messenger as well. So I'm very thankful for having you on today in Bell. Thank you. I'm so, so glad that we got to do this. Me too. I hope you've enjoyed it, guys. And if you want to chat to Imbal or myself, any questions, please reach out to us. And I hope you have a great day wherever you are in the world. And I'll chat to you soon. Bye, guys. Bye. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.